0: In terms of buy now, pay later, uh, including open invoice or installment plans, uh, Germany is a very uh, mature market, which is uh, it's not because it's more mature than other markets. It's just in, in terms of, of these payment methods. They're, they have been around for the past 70 or even 100 years and credit cards do not play such a big role.
1: You're listening to Leaders in Payments and Fintech, a podcast brought to you by Edgar Dunn & Company, the global payments and fintech consulting firm. Coming to you from the City of London, I'm your host, Martin Kodrish. And in this series, I'm meeting with leaders and practitioners across the industry to find out what it takes to bridge the gap between strategy and execution. My central question is, how can we commercialize and bring the benefits of ever deeper new technology to market in what continues to be a highly regulated industry? So do join me and please do subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or your podcast platform of choice. And do feel free to make contact and say hello. I welcome any questions, ideas, or suggestions. Send me an email or reach out to me on LinkedIn and I look forward to hearing from you. In this episode, I meet with Thomas Ficht, head of payments at mytoys.de, a leading German e-commerce retailer. The company is part of the Mighty Otto Group, an e-commerce marketplace in Germany. In the podcast, we discussed the popularity of the open invoice payment method in Germany. Open invoice is a long standing payment method in Germany and is essentially BNPL buy now, or pay later. It allows consumers to order a basket of products with no prior payment. Consumers then typically have two weeks to decide what to keep and pay which is normally done via bank transfer. As Thomas explains, MyToy's parent company, Otto Group, recently expanded its own in-house installment lending program operated by a newly set-up subsidiary, which now handles all payment functions for the group. It's part of a strategy to transform Otto from an online retailer into an Amazon-like marketplace. We discuss much besides, so I hope you enjoy this conversation with Thomas Ficht. All right, Thomas, thanks for joining us today on our
0: podcast. It's great to see you. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah so let's kick off with a bit about you it'd be great to get to know you and your your role your current role and a bit about
0: your background Yeah happy to talk about that for a second uh, my name is Thomas I work for MyToys group we're selling toys and shoes with our brand shops uh, MyToys and Mirapodo in the German speaking in German speaking Europe meaning Germany Austria and Switzerland and I actually have a legal background, but I've worked in payments for the past 15 years, started off my career at Zalando, and then I worked for, for Idealo and, and some other e-commerce players here in, in Berlin. And I'm responsible at MyToys for pay, as a head of payment. I'm responsible for payments, meaning receivables mm-hmm. management, accounting, and fraud prevention as well. And uh, just... A bit more about the the company. I
1: believe it's part of a larger group.
0: Yeah, that's correct. We're part of the Otto Group, which is one of the largest uh, retail groups in Germany and in Europe as well. Hermes, for example, the logistics provider is part of that and many, many other online shops. And yes, we have been part of the Otto Group for the past 20 years. So more or less ever since we've been founded.
1: And can you give me a sense of scale of the Otto Group for those who perhaps are not, you know, who don't know? It's quite a significant business, right, in Germany. Perhaps just give us a sense of scale.
0: Well, I'm not sure about the exact numbers, but it's a two-digit billion business that we're, that we're operating in. Crate and Barrel, for our international listeners, Crate and Barrel is, is part of the Otto Group in the US, for example, and FGH in the UK is part of the Otto Group. And Harmony's, as I said, so it's quite a big a big company. Some financial businesses like EOS, debt collection.
1: And it goes back quite a few decades, right? I mean, Otto, I think it was a mail order business originally. Is, is, is that correct? correct?
0: It's actually, we, um, Otto, a couple of years ago, they said goodbye to their catalog. And they actually sent out thousands and thousands of catalogs over the past decades, uh, founded right after World War II in Germany in Hamburg and they acquired quite a quite a long list of other catalog retail businesses and some some other businesses and yes and expanded ever since otto itself is a is a full blown marketplace by now selling all sorts of of goods uh, pretty much just like amazon like the german version of of amazon
1: Exactly, I was I was thinking that myself. It is, it is essentially a German version of Amazon. So, I mean, I don't know if you can comment on this, but how was the transition from mail order business to being, you know, online marketplace? I mean, in a way, it may well have been a smoother transition than from brick and mortar, at least. Yes, yeah, so
0: like brick and mortar, we have actually at My Toys. We have for our My Toys brand, we have 19 toys shops all over Germany. So we actually do have brick and mortar stores. The Otto Group, some of the, our sister companies within the group, they also have, but Otto itself does not have any brick and mortar stores. So they quite recently f- finalized their, their switch from a, from a former catalog sender mail order company to, to an e-commerce company. They, they started very early in the 90s. And yes, they have now finalized that transformation. MyToys itself has always been digital. We're also sending out the catalog. You can imagine how great a catalog full of toys is and how many kids love that and keep reading it. So that's a very big, and will always be a very big part of of our marketing mix because it just, it stays there and try to throw away the catalog. Your kids will not love you for that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, in terms of payments, I believe again. I think correct me if I'm wrong. uh, This concept of open invoice was fundamental to Otto and the catalog business. Could you just explain how open invoice, you know, used to work and presumably still continues to work?
0: Sure. Essentially, there was you could either call or even before being able to call and ask, um, tell them, okay, I want product with article number three, four, five. And that would then be shipped to you. And once you would have received it, you would decide if you keep it or, or, or return it. And you would have a, a due date of fourteen days, within uh, which you would have to pay the respective invoice that you would be that you would be sent. So it's essential the the uh, modern concept, which is now which now has the cool name BNPL. It has been around for like 50 to 70 years here in in Germany interesting isn't it yeah and
1: nowadays buy now pay later effectively has become that and um, do you still I mean your customers do they I mean talk, talk to me about the payment methods that you currently offer support you know which is most popular and why do you think that is?
0: It's definitely it's definitely open invoice by now. Pay later payment method. Then we also offer PayPal, which is very very important in in Germany. We also offer credit cards, which are not as important, which is probably a German thing. They are more important in Switzerland and Austria. We also offer the very German payment method gyropay. We offer direct debit, so your account is then 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 debited, and yes, that's essentially those are essentially the payment methods that we. We offer, and the most important one is definitely open invoice, because it's just the the concept. I guess has stayed the same. People feel like they have a liquidity advantage over having to pay immediately. Because in Germany, with the catalog business in the past, people have been have gotten used to ordering more than than the amount of items they need. Choose which one they would keep and only then pay whatever they would keep. So if you order two pairs of shoes, you wouldn't have to pay 200 euros, but only 100. And this concept is very, very common. And um, in other geographies, people might think, oh, then I have to make money transfer, which is a big issue, I might forget that, etc. But at least our customer base, which is uh, predominantly female, 90% 90% of our customers are female. They're shopping for the family. We're selling kids apparel, uh, shoes, et cetera. And everybody knows how many pairs of shoes you need for kids with them growing up and, and toys as well. And also everybody knows that, that kids' sizes are very hard to explain because they keep growing. And it is essential part of our business that people do return and they really like to have the option to pay later at the point of view. I think it's less of a credit. I, like the state of mind is not, I want credit from somebody. It's just, I want the option to pay later and I only want to pay what I keep. I guess that's the essential mindset that people have when they choose open open invoice. And
1: do you also support like Klarna or, or, or other types of buy now,
0: pay later options? It's it's we do exactly what Klarna does. So, like the buy now pay later open invoice is a Klarna product. This is one of the Klarna products. What we do not have is payment in installments. Uh, our Auto Group colleagues they they have payment in installments over the majority of of the shops, but it's essentially I wouldn't say Klarna has copied that what we did, but it's it's exactly the same concept. So we do not offer that on. With client through Kleiner, but uh, take uh, uh, we ourselves take the risk of customers not paying. It is a certain risk, but we have been we have managed that in the past, and we know what we can expect. And there hasn't been the same for for Salando, for example. Kleiner pitched to us in the past, and they have never really been able to offer rates which would be interesting to us because neither. Here at My Toys, nor at any previous companies, because we just know how to manage the credit risk, and have been doing that for quite some time. It's, I mean, Klarna definitely knows a lot of customers, but they don't know the specialities or or the of our customers. We know our customers best, and we know if they will pay, which products they buy, who is very likely to pay, who's unlikely to pay, and whenever there is a risk. We know, and that really helps us.
1: That's fascinating. That's really interesting. I mean, perhaps that it should be worth exploring that in a bit more detail. What it takes, you know, what are the, the the capabilities that you have, or you think you need to have internally, to do that credit assessment, that risk assessment. What are you leveraging? Presumably, it's data, but um, perhaps you can just explore that in a bit more detail. And then I've got a couple of follow up questions on that topic.
0: Sure, I think that's the one of the essential parts of that is is data driven, which is has been a buzzword for like the past ten years or so. But we do have very good credit rating agencies with uh, quite a lot of information. It's not as detailed as um, in Sweden, as far as I know, because there, as far as I know, you know you can check your neighbor's income on some some databases that's not the case here in germany but whenever in germany whenever you apply for uh, uh, any phone or any recurring contracts then you will be checked for this with shufa which is a an entity gathering all that information and if i do not pay then the debt collection agency will inform shufa and uh, will inform us. Shufa is just one of the companies there. There are some other companies like we, for example, we cooperate with Vasum. They essentially do the same thing. They have a very large database of, of all German and, and other customers in, in other geographies. And we would ask them, and then we at least have an idea who we're talking to, because that's obviously the difference from brick and mortar where you see who you're you're negotiating with to online where you can see the other person. and. And on top of that, that's like the external information that we have, then we might have on on Martin, we may have information you've bought in the past, you've always paid, then we're very likely to to offer you a buy now, pay later credit or payment method in the future as well. And we see that those customers come back and that their, their priority is really or it is important to them to have this option and they only... They only use open invoice as a as a payment method, but we also we also look into your basket. So if you're if you're for example buying ten playstations, then it's going to be then we're going to treat you different to to you buying a pair of of pants or so, because I mean the 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 value the basket value is obviously different, but also anything which is easily resellable, such as a playstation, you can easily resell that it's pants are not such a high risk product because it's usually margins bigger obviously on on apparel and so less risk from there and reselling a gray gray pants on ebay with a certain size is going to be very different to reselling a a playstation
1: okay that's interesting isn't it so um combination of external and internal data that you're you're creating a profile of the customer and understanding of their expected behavior. I mean, are you, mm-hmm. are you analyzing their expected uh, behavior and looking for anomalies from that expected behavior? Or are you trying to spot, uh, do you have rules in place such as like basket size, this rule basically will, will, will override any
0: credit decision, et cetera? It's it's actually a, a very complex thing. I'm, I, I can't go too into into very deep detail <laughs> because fraudsters have their eyes everywhere. But it's a it's a very complex thing. We so from analyzing who you are, like which which browser you're coming from, which browser language you have, like the screen size, etc., the and all all these things to what you put in your basket. And uh, as I as I mentioned, uh, the majority of our customers are are female uh, family mothers and it's it's very special if if they come with from foreign ips and if they shop in the middle of the night so those are there is expected behavior and we have a we have a rule set which we keep revising on a regular basis but we also have some some machine learning scoring algorithms in place and i think those plus our manual review where we have a team of six six people checking a certain, not all orders orders that wouldn't be possible, but a small portion of that, and we have that, and we have pretty good success, as nobody nobody was able to to match our default rates in, in terms of in terms of rates for uh, for an external provider. And everybody's talking about uh, artificial intelligence, and it's definitely an important part. But artificial intelligence needs a certain amount of data and if you have somebody who's who's worked in fraud prevention for ages they will very easily and quickly pick up if if an order is fishy you know it's and and the artificial intelligence probably doesn't understand the concept of, of being fishy because it's either black or white but our colleagues smell that and they they may understand after only two orders that okay there's a pattern behind it and and the other, an artificial intelligence might have to wait for those orders to default. So um, it's a combination of really rule sets, external information, internal information, artificial intelligence, and manual review.
1: Mm, interesting.
0: And you've made it as
1: an organization, this is entirely in-house based solution. And um, I mean, I suppose other companies might... You know, typically would we'll, we'll seek external solutions. They go to a vendor, a third party. But, but that's not the case with, with, with within Otto, presumably, as a whole, right? It's all internally. I mean, what was the motivation behind bringing all those capabilities and building those capabilities in-house? Was there a decision, a moment that that decision was made? made or was it kind of just evolved over time, historically,
0: I think in, in general, it has evolved over time. I mean, it has been in place, right? So if, if somebody would send you a postcard ordering 50 PlayStations, you would also say, okay, this, this looks special. I don't know you as a customer. You, or in the past, you've only bought shoes and now you want 10 PlayStation that already smelled fishy in, in 50 years ago and you probably wouldn't send those out. So I guess that has evolved and it has been in place. And so it has been uh, digitized and has been used very successfully in, in the past. And I guess it's also a matter of, of speed. If you want to implement, if, if you're a startup and you you implement such payment methods, you have to get to know your customers and you may not want to uh, set up such a big team. A good example is, is About You, which is part of Auto Group as well. They, have not, they do not have their own buy now, pay later uh, solution they're cooperating with various providers in the different countries that they're operating in. So it's, it's not something that, uh, that you have to do within the group. It's just something that has evolved and has been there for quite some time. And if you, it, it also really depends on what you're selling. I mean, buy now offering buy now, pay later for consumer electronics is if you're a consumer electronics retailer, it's, it's gonna be a very big issue because it's easily resellable. And it's high risk products, it's low margin low margin, high-risk products. And you will also receive completely different rates from a Klarna or other service providers if you're a consumer electronics player or if you're apparel or some small niche markets.
1: Okay. So you mentioned in the, the kind of prep call that um, yeah, you know, it's tough to make money in e-commerce, you know, the margins are very thin, and there is a kind of growing Focus on financial services to bring in new streams streams of revenue. Could you just elaborate on on that piece? And then secondly, what is the sort of view internally perhaps you can share? Is there a how far do you think you will go in terms of developing financial services within within the within the company?
0: for, for at, at toys, we're only really offering uh, direct debit and and open invoice, which is essentially short-term credit. Dunning fees have been kept by by legislation in the past, so it's not really something you can kind of make money off. But within the group, we have Otto only recently founded a separate payment entity, which is uh, registered at BaFin. And they now take care of the entire marketplace structure at Otto. And one of the payment methods they're offering is is payment in installments and in, installments uh, interest rates are obviously very interesting to retailers and it's essentially the bank the banking business that can be done by by retailers or parts of their their group and and the revenue streams are essentially the same that a bank would have and once again that has evolved over time it was customer centric in the past because people wanted to afford a nice sofa uh, which they couldn't afford so they have been offered installment plans in the past and that has evolved to the digital digital era to e-commerce these days and is is something which is very interesting once again depending on your on your baskets on which area of retail you're operating in because if you're only selling five euro items or, or like smartphone covers or so um nobody will want an installment plan but if you're selling high margin, uh, not high margin but high uh, value products such as sofas or, or entire uh, whatever enti- or, or any any expensive products people may not be able to afford it immediately they still want it or need the product so they're happy to engage into into installment plans and um
1: just sort of talking more broadly across the industry i mean is is this the what we've just discussed which you know we we might refer to as embedded finance or something along those lines right i mean i, I know that's a buzzword but it kind of describes this um this situation which you've just explained well, you know, where a retailer might start providing financial services type products that a bank otherwise would do in the customer experience and the customer centric model. Do you see that as a a trend across retail in
0: Germany? I mean, probably Germany, because in terms of buy now, pay later, uh, including open invoice or installment plans, uh, Germany is a very uh, mature market which is uh, it's not because it's more mature than other markets. It's just in, in terms of, of these payment methods, they have been around for the past 70 or even 100 years. And credit cards do not play such a big role. So Germans tend not to take credit via credit cards. But this is uh, like buy now, pay later is, has been one of those methods. It is, it is definitely on the rise because it is, nobody wants to pay. <laughs> It's not fun paying. Except for payment nerds, it's not cool to actually give away money. And it's also not cool to go to a bank and say, please, could you please give me money? It's just not a fun thing. It's fun to have an item, to say, okay, I bought this sofa and I can I own it and and I can sit on it and I can I can chill on it. And affording that and being able to buy that, that's that's fun. Or have or having it, it is fun. And the way to, and payment is obviously essential and necessary, but make it as customer-centric as easy as possible, kind of hide it away. And banks tend not to have this focus because that's their core business. They want to sell uh, credit products. And... It's 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 just, but it's not cool. It's it's not in a cool surrounding. Nobody really likes to go into a bank. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: interesting, isn't it? That um, that you 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 meant what you just mentioned there, I and mean, I I can, you know, I see I see um, pay on installments or pay in three emerging or being offered to me by a PayPal more and more. I'm almost tempted to to set it on default, and then it becomes something that's almost like a set and forget. Right, you know, you and you, be, you get kind of that Uber sensation where you're, you've almost forgotten about the payment; it's just taken care of um, in an efficient manner. And what with Apple Pay, pay in, pay later, coming at physical POS, they're offering a similar kind of user experience. It's interesting to, you know, your thoughts on 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 how you think this installment, pay open invoice might evolve uh, over the next few years.
0: I guess, I mean, especially Apple Pay, um, be it Apple Pay or Google Pay, it needs to be simple. It needs to be fast. To me, it's way, way easier to, to put my to put my smartphone onto the terminal uh, within the brick and mortar store than checking my credit card and having to sign or, or enter a PIN code or so. So it's all about ease, user experience, simplicity, et cetera. And I guess Apple is, is the best example uh, for that. Because their their products are just simple and and designed around the customer, and if there are use cases which make sense, such as uh, buy now pay later, and and if they if they lead people to be tempted to uh, select that as a as default, as you mentioned just now, right. if that's the case, then it will there there will be more more uh, we will see more and more of embedded finance. But yeah. it always needs to be customer centric. It needs to be in a context, which makes sense, because once again, it's like finance, like the normal people don't don't care about the finance. It has to be it has to work and it has to be simple. And if it's simple, then people are very will uh, will use it and it will gain more and more traction.
1: And a question around uh, back to Auto Group and the installment lending that they are pursuing You know, as a balance sheet provider right you know taking taking on the credit risk i mean how far how um, i mean not necessarily Otto, but how ambitious do you think retailers e-commerce platforms can be i mean is there not a limit to 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 how how far how involved you get into that balance sheet provision i mean is that not really the 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 domain of a bank
0: um, ultimately i mean do you really see that shift kind of taking place that's that's up to regulation i guess you know they're they're, there everybody's discussing about regulation on the buy now pay later market like how how do you how do you have to check your customers how exactly you have to check your customer it seems that has not happened so thoroughly in the past that's why we saw Klarna's balance sheets changing Mm -hmm. (laughs) to put it in a very neutral way because it's they want it to be as customer centric as possible, but you also have to take into account um, that not all of the customers will pay. And the more, the better you check people, the more success you will you will have on those, on on those products. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So in terms of
1: your role as a payment manager, and you know, in the current environment, certainly here in the UK, you know, we, we've got a sort of cost of living crisis inflation etc and are you seeing any impact of the current economic climate on your business or or the the state of payments locally in germany
0: well in terms of of customers defaulting we do not see any, as of yet, that may change. We're doing everything <laughs> to make sure it does not change, but we're not seeing that that customers do default. So they seem to have their finances in control, but it, that may also be related to the fact that the energy prices haven't been passed through fully or that the government ease plans have have worked fine. Everybody's talking that inflation is going down and recession may not become as bad as initially uh, feared. I would say so. So we're not we're not um, seeing any any def- uh, or a higher high default rate as of yet. And in the future, I guess it's more: Do people still want to buy as much, or are they are they scared because they don't know what's coming? So it's not really defaulting. But in general, people don't buy or buy cheaper products. They will still need watches, but they won't buy the expensive watches or any other expensive products. That is changing, and we do, we do see that. But us being in the market, we're selling kids' goods, and everybody, before, before inflation or, or economic downturn is coming to your kids, you will do everything. So you'll try to make them happy as, at, at Christmas time, Whenever, so so you'd rather not have a nice dinner than buy your kids toys, which is something that we do profit from. But we definitely see that customers not are not buying as much as they have before, and it really depends on how how the various crises and and uh, terrible wars that we currently have keep going on, and how how customers feel about that and. Yes, if they if they will keep buying, I think that's the essential threat these days. And we'll see and hope for the best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when you
1: look out at this year coming up, what, what are your priorities as a, as a head of payments at, at, uh, in your position? What are you what are your pressing issues? What's top of your priority
0: list? we feel it's it's always you know um, I, I guess the payment mix so which payment methods are you offering that's that's always uh, um, something that is important and and as we as we discussed in the prep call there are x uh, different payment methods out there but it's really important to understand what your customers not what general cust- what customers in general are cu- uh, customers in your country want and we feel that the mix that we're offering is okay. We have experimented with other payment methods in the past, but at least for our, for our target audience, we feel we have those five payment methods that we're offering are fine and we'll probably not increase that in the near future. But I guess the best introduction of the new payment method is still uh, PayPal because it has become hugely successful. In the past because it has just eased the buying process quite a lot you didn't need to answer uh, uh, enter your credit card data and and all the other codes you just you would just have a email address and your password so that's that's something that has completely uh, changed the market in many many geographies but i haven't seen a similar player in the past Klarna, Klarna has done that because they've focused on customer experience and they have a great app etc but as we, as their business model is, is part of our business within the group, we're probably not going to offer a second buy now pay later payment methods, open invoice. Why should we open? Uh, why should we offer the customers two, two ways to to buy now pay later or open invoice?
1: Mm. Okay, great, Thomas. Look, uh, final question as before we wrap up. I mean what's left to optimize in in, in you know payments uh, for you where 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 do you think there are opportunities to create further value
0: well whenever you have uh, you have risky payment methods as we call them such as open invoice you can always improve your your default rate and that's it's always so you can you can try to to find more fraudsters or more people unwilling to pay and you can and just optimize processes in general, which is not very payment specific, but um, many, many companies are still quite manual in their, in their um, back offices, back office processes. So that's something that we need to keep digitizing and keep optimizing. And I guess those are the things that we're, we're looking to, to proceed or look, that we're looking to do in 2023 and support the business be as, as customer centric and as customer and make it as easy for our customers to pay as possible.
1: Okay, great. Well thank you very much for your time today. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Before we go, perhaps you can just share with the listeners how they can contact you and get in touch.
0: Yes, sure. I mean I'm I'm on LinkedIn. You'll you'll find me as head of payment of myToys group on LinkedIn, Thomas Ficht, and or you can also drop me an email at Thomas.ficht.com at mytoys.de, but I guess LinkedIn is the easiest way to have a quick chat.
1: Perfect. Thanks very much, Thomas. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. To hear more interviews, please do subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or your podcast platform of choice. It helps and means a lot. Also, I welcome any questions, ideas, or suggestions, so feel free to make contact and say hello reach out to me on LinkedIn or edgardunn.com. You can send me a message there or you can email me on martin.coderish at edgardunn.com. I look forward to hearing from you and I will see you next time.